Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, we've got a big Mizzou football news show to break down. Uh, we've got some guys going to the NFL draft. Uh, we're going to talk all about them, uh, a couple of rumors, just kind of stuff we're hearing through the through the grapevine. We'll talk about uh, some transfer targets, too, maybe some guys left on Mizzou's radar um, for football who they might be able uh, to bring in to kind of boost their roster ahead of 2024. Uh, we're also going to preview the men's basketball game. We got conference play starting. Uh, finally done with these non-con games. See how the Tigers can turn it around. Mizzou faces Georgia at noon on Saturday, so we'll have a, a little preview of that game. Uh, and then we'll do quick hits. We got jerseys, best beats, or sorry, not best beats, fantastic four picks. I read the thing wrong. Uh, our main birds of the week, the best things we learned. And uh, yeah, all that stuff uh, to dive into. It's a great show for you guys uh, to get your weekend started. I know it's it's kind of, now we're in information season where we're just going to try and process, you know, all the stuff we hear um, and, and see, you know, kind of what holds water and what maybe doesn't. So we'll dive into everything, talk about the guys going to the draft as well. It's a great show. Before we get started, quick word from our friends at Bet Online with the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, and scores. We just had to change a couple of our uh, fantastic four pick lines because Bet Online was updating them for us uh, for those NFL picks. But with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile devices, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. So head to Bet Online today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is great. We love Bet Online. We use it for all of our best beats. Fantastic four picks. And it's where the game starts. And with that, the unwritten rule starts right now. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Friday, January 5th. And here's a lesson to all of you prospective journalists that may be watching out there, uh, that your work sometimes comes full circle because uh, our certain football beat writer, former football beat writer for Mizzou on this show, um, has had his his reporting recirculate in a big way. Yes, that's right, Kenny. I'm talking about you. Because that's where we're starting. We're going to talk about the guys going to the uh, NFL draft. And I want to talk about Darius Robinson because Kenny tweeted a photo uh, long uh, now what feels like a long time ago after the Gasparilla Bowl said this could you know maybe be Darius Robinson's last hurrah. He comes back gives a, an, an awesome season to Mizzou. Now is leaving, of course, uh, off to the NFL draft. Um, but, you know, he, he put that photo out there. Drinkwitz was circling that photo. Kenny, you're, you're famous. Your photo's famous for, uh, for the show. And then also, of course, D-Rob making a much more grander exit uh, than, than you at least, you know, speculated, of course, naturally um, after that game. But he's the first. We'll dive into all these guys, just tick them off one by one. But I wanted to start with that because, Kenny, you're famous. I am famous. Um, I think Drinkwitz, I think it shows that he didn't go to a journalism school. Uh, no credit on the photo. Uh, that, that really kind of hurt. Um, you know, we, we had we had a good relationship going there at the end of the season. 
Uh, Peyton joked that I should have put a watermark uh, on the photo. Like I, I thought about putting a big one, like over Drinkwitz, his whole body that just says at the Vandalorian, uh, find me on X. And uh, jokes aside, uh, looking at that photo, the one thing that just really stands out is you look at Darius Robinson. He was a defensive tackle at the time. And then you look at Darius Robinson now, the defensive end. The guy transformed himself in one year. Um, we, you know, a little bit of like worries about what the defensive end position was going to look like this season. And D-Rob put that to bed. Um, I mean, we talked about Coach Peoples as well and what he's done for that defensive end position. Uh, Johnny Walker Jr. winning the defensive MVP in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, this position going into the bowl game last year uh, was one that was a lot of head scratching. You know, there's going to be defensive tackles playing this position. And a year later, it just looked really good. And Darius, through all of it, uh, improved his draft stock. Um, he could have gone to the draft last year. He had a, a bowl and a senior bowl invite last year, not for the Reese's senior bowl. Um, but it was the Shriners bowl. And, but now, I mean, the, the guy has improved his stock and he's going to get a better chance in the NFL. Yeah, pretty much nailed it there. I mean, I remember Blake Baker, uh, saying last year, like, uh, during a press conference, he thinks if, uh, Darius Robinson comes back, he could really develop into day two or maybe even a first round pick I don't think he quite got to a first round pick status but Darius Robinson was certainly I mean blew my expectations at least out of the water uh at the end um it's always just a risky thing when you put when you try and just do a position change like that but Darius Robinson was up for it and he knocked it out of the park uh really to me I there, there, you can make the argument for a lot of guys. If I was to be asked who I thought the defensive MVP was, I would answer Darius Robinson. Uh, there were just, I mean, the Kentucky game in particular, he was just complete, a complete monster for a lot of the season, really just racked up sack after sack. I believe he had a stretch of about five, six weeks in a row where he wrecked, where he recorded a sack. Um, really happy for him. He was personally my favorite non-Luther Burden player uh, on the team this year. He rocked Darius Mizzou on the back of his jersey. Um, really was just a great tale of development for Mizzou. He came in under Barry Odom, just stayed with it, didn't transfer out, uh, developed into a really good player, and now maybe a day two draft pick. I mean, we'll see how he tests and everything, but happy for Darius Robinson. Uh Gave pretty much everything he could to Mizzou. I don't think there's any debate on that. Yeah, left it left it all on the table for sure. 115 tackles, 13 sacks across five seasons um, with the Tigers. He'll be at the NFL Draft Combine as well. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a – I would love to make my way there just in general. I love the Combine. That's a side note, but it would be fun to watch some of these guys. And you mentioned, like, you know, day two in the NFL Draft could very well be dominated by Mizzou. We had Ennis – uh, who declared we talked about that in the last show but then one of the other guys on our list for for this show another guy that declared Chris Abrams drain of course um, he announced that I believe just today we're recording on Thursday um, of course you know a stud uh, in that in that secondary for Mizzou switch from wide receiver of course and and just absolutely made that position his own um, obviously I don't think you guys are are shocked but he's another guy you know, certainly I know even like last year, there was early mocks that had him like as a day one guy. So I know, you know, at least his NFL ceiling is is potentially pretty high, too. People yeah. uh, don't know this about Cat as well as that he played quarterback in high school. Dude's That's just right. an athlete. 
Um, and I you can't come in over from Arkansas. Um, the guy is also just such a fierce competitor. Talking to Cad, I mean, the state of Arkansas, not the school, but talking to Cad, he's like the the just quiet, low key, just chill guy. And then he's on the field, he's playing with a separated shoulder. It, it's just like good cop, bad cop, almost. You know, this aggressive dude on the field, low key, laid laid back, low key guy. Um, he was someone maybe you know maybe an opportunity to come back and just improve his stock even more but when the opportunity is there for the nfl especially with where the mocks are going and what you're hearing for yourself you know you take it and cad you know showed out these last two seasons for the tigers yeah no definitely agree with that um he's someone that definitely could really boost his stock uh just at the combine i think because i know i have seen that some people are concerned about his measurements potentially but I mean, just turn on the tape, man. This guy's an absolute gamer. Uh, it was really pick your poison for quarterbacks when you had to throw at Ennis or throw at Cad. As Ennis said on uh, the Power Mizzou live stream with um, Gabe DeArmond and Gerard Hamilton, they for some reason chose to throw at Cad a lot. And Cad, more, very much more often than not, made them pay. Um, he was someone that we thought might have gone to the NFL draft a year ago as well. Came back. Uh, help Mizzou get its biggest win in God knows how long. Um, just he, 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 again, someone I don't think really left a lot of meat on the bone, so to say, at Mizzou. I think he accomplished everything. I really wonder, like, Ennis and Chris Abrams Drain, I don't, I can't think of a, a duo in Mizzou history at corner that would be any better. Someone, obviously, I'm, we're very much new school, but I don't really know if I, I can't I possibly imagine there was a better one than that. There'll be one next year um, in Marcus Clark and Dre Norwood. <laughs> Where's Toriano pride in that? Yeah, he's not going to be a part of it. He's going to be the third really? guy. Nickel yeah. corner. Um, <laughs> I want to correct myself, though, real quick. He, he's from Alabama, not Arkansas. I meant to say Alabama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, okay. I think those are, you know, so you got D-Rob, you got Cad, you got Ennis, all could be day day two uh, picks. We will have, you know, in the spring, we'll have some, like, we'll have a bunch of draft talk, obviously, and kind of get a better idea, of course, you know, where um, where these guys are going to go. We'll have some experts on who, like, know the NFL draft a bit better than we do to get, like, their take. But definitely something to watch. It's exciting. Um, two other guys as well, J.C. Carlisle, Niles Gaddy, both declaring – uh, for the NFL draft as well. Um, you know, two great parts again of this Mizzou defense kind of, you know, maybe trying to take some, uh, momentum from that into maybe getting, uh, picked up in the NFL. Again, it's, it's so tough to tell in January where these guys might end up in, 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 uh, April when that draft happens, but you know, your thoughts on, on those two leaving. Um, I don't believe, I think we knew Niles. I think they're both out of eligibility. I can't remember if Carlisle can come back, but I believe Niles is, is for sure out of eligibility anyway. Yeah. I got one thing on Niles and I made this joke before that you'll always have the middle Tennessee game. Uh, that was a game that Niles Gaddy just balled uh, three total tackles, two tackles for loss for 15 total yards and two sacks for 15 total yards. The guy was an animal in one SEC defensive lineman of the week um guy who's been a journeyman his whole life he kind of reminds me of like dj coleman coming over from jacksonville state the year before uh and i mean the, the guy was good defensive end depth and that's just what they needed from him and i thought this was a fun note too he started his career at tennessee i had never heard that before. yeah I did, we I did didn't know research that before this uh but niles was a guy who's kind of just all around the ball 
early on in the season. Didn't really see much of him, but uh, he had a play here and there uh, throughout this year. Remember when he didn't wear gloves and we thought that was so interesting? Like he had <laughs> And then the next week, yeah. football guy. Football the guy. next week he had a gloves and a sleeve on uh, and the yeah. whole, the whole um, game was changed. Got cold. Yeah, no, on Gaddy, um, that, he was just really a perfect piece for just Mizzou and Blake Baker really just tried to money ball approach the defensive end position. They didn't have dominant guy, like on paper, dominant guys coming into the year. Isaiah McGuire had left. DJ Coleman, who really took took the uh took the the job from uh Trajan Jeffcoat last year had left. Trajan Jeffcoat, who probably would have been a starter left. Um but I mean Niles Gaddy, I mean he was like you said, good rotational. It was really a lot of D Rob, a lot of Johnny Walker taking those top two, but he'd rotate in with guys like Austin Firestone, Joe, Joe Moore, and those guys would be able to step up and make a play a game typically. And that's all they needed to do. So he was a perfect fit. And then JC, gosh, he was like a three-year starter at this point. I mean, kind of just feels like this was his best shot. He had a rough start to the year. Um, that LSU game in particular was not kind to him. Boy, did he finish strong though. I thought he was excellent to end the year. The Cotton Bowl, I thought he was really maybe the defensive MVP if you don't give it to Dalen Carnell. I don't think it was Johnny Walker, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, good for those two guys. I have no idea what their draft uh, projections look like at all. Um, I I believe Niles Gaddy was out of eligibility, um, so he kind of had to go. Also, as we're recording this, uh, Cody Schrader also – also declared for the NFL okay. draft. That wasn't he was out of eligibility too. Yeah. So that wasn't really a surprise, but we that's I mean we've sang go, Cody Schrader's praises to death. Yeah. I don't think we we have well, much I mean, more to add. I'll, I'll throw a take in on that. But Peyton, you said you know Carlisle the way he finished the season. I mean that's like he put a stamp on it with the Cotton Bowl. I mean his he had eleven tackles and eight eight of them were solo tackles, which was the most he's had in a game this year. And then obviously had the the forced fumble at the end, like. You know, what a way to finish it out. And yeah, it uh, he does have another year of eligibility. So he could have come back, which would have obviously been uh, pretty huge. But I think you're right. It was like a, you know, capitalizing on a window. And um, and he that the, the solo tackle thing. I mean, that was like his biggest concern for a lot yeah. of uh, his career was that he, he was a great ball hawk coverage safety, but he struggled to tackle. But he was excellent in the Cotton Bowl. I, I do remember he missed like one. But it was on Travion Henderson, dude. If he if he has to if there are very few safeties one on one, I remember it was like 15 yards downfield that are going to very easily bring down Travion Henderson. Um, so yeah, I think JC really improved a lot uh over the course of the year. Um excited to see where he lands. Yeah. I, I I'll throw this take out on Cody just because he it's timely now that he is officially declared for the draft. I think the kids got himself drafted just with his, his attitude, his work ethic. Like I think an NFL team looks at that and says, you know, this guy's clearly not going to be a detriment to our roster. Worst case, he's just going to push all of the guys in front of him to be better. You know, maybe that's like leaning a little bit too much on, on cliche and hope, but I, I think the guy got himself drafted because obviously he had the numbers as last year, but just like, I mean, his, his mentality and work ethic, we'll see. And again, you know, maybe we'll get, we'll get a better read on it as, as like, uh, you know, it goes on, but I'm sure like, you know, chiefs fans, they would love to have Cody Schrader just as like a depth 
you know, down on the depth chart running back. That would be a great, a great continuation of his story. And call him a, a gym rat, first guy in, last guy out. Um, <laughs> always on the field. I bet yeah. that I bet we're gonna hear a, a couple things about that about Cody the, um, going in the yeah. next couple months. The cliche intangibles, no doubt, no doubt. But I mean, yeah, good for him. We'll see what kind of happens uh, with that. So yeah. Well, you know, going forward as the draft gets closer, we've got a couple draft guys. Max is one for sure um, from PFF that we'll have. And and um, another friend of ours, Jacob Infante, an OG um, m- member, guest of this show, uh, will probably come on and we'll get like their takes on, on where those Mizzou guys might stand close to the draft. Uh, but obviously, best of luck to all of them. Let's do some uh, let's do some speculation stuff, gents, because. You know, we're we're already in that territory. You know, the the there is no off season anymore. Um, and you know, when you're as good and or when you're as good of a team as Mizzou is and, and had as good of a season as Mizzou has had, um, you know, you're gonna get a lot of rumors, especially about your your coaching staff and where they might go. There's been some stuff about Blake Baker. Peyton, I'll turn to you first. I think we've we've done a fair bit of speculating on that in terms of you know, they've, they've obviously gotten the new contracts, Gabe, him and Kirby Moore, I mean, and Gabe Diarman came on here and said, you know, in college, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, everything's set in stone. There's ways to get out of contracts in college sports. That's a little bit different from the professional ranks. Um, but Peyton, what's been the news with uh, Mr. Baker and a certain team down South that had a, uh, struggle bus of a defense let's just say uh yeah blake baker is leaving that's what's happening (laughs) he's leaving i'm kidding he's not leaving yet but this was kind of the big fear uh the lsu job i mean it's kind of been assumed it would be open for a few months now um and it did it did open uh lsu paid 5.2 million dollars to completely clean out their their defensive staff uh, just yesterday. And Blake Baker, this comes from Brandon Marcello. Uh, he's a national football reporter at 247. He tweeted that Blake Baker has emerged as a leading target for the defensive coordinator job at LSU. Um, you'd never, ever, ever want to see national guys tweeting stuff like that because they don't tweet that for no reason. Um, doesn't mean he's gone per se, but it does mean that LSU is definitely interested. The thing that's interesting, they did get those extensions done with Kirby Moore and Blake Baker. So maybe that is able to the buyout. We don't know the contract deals for Baker and Moore. We won't know that until next week because campus is closed right now at Mizzou. um, So that none of that can come out yet, but the agents obviously know, so they can talk to LSU about that. Um, Maybe it prices LSU out, maybe not. We'll probably have resolution on this very quickly because once national guys tweet out stuff like that, you tend to hear about the end result. Hopefully, it it, it, uh, it, it it's priced out for LSU, but you never know. This is like the one job I would – that's not a head coaching job, obviously, that I would be scared of when it comes to Blake Baker. He's got a lot of ties to Louisiana. His wife played soccer there. Obviously, he was fired by Brian Kelly there as a linebackers coach. That is something worth, I think, worth mentioning. But, I mean, Brian Kelly's at the door with a bu- a bouquet of flowers, clearly. Yeah. 
And um, I, I wanted to read this quote from a Gerard Hamilton article in Power Mizzou last week. It comes from Blake Baker. A lot of it honestly has to do with my happiness and my family's happiness in Columbia. There were some possible other opportunities out there, but Coach Drink is a phenomenal guy to work for. He's first class in everything he does. And really, I feel like we have unfinished business still here at Mizzou. So all in all, I never really considered going anywhere else. To me, I kind of said the same thing last year when I signed the contract extension. Essentially, it was a no-brainer, and I'm really happy uh, to be able to do that. Uh, in the world of college football, especially today, uh, things can change that fast. You know, interests can pop up, dream jobs can open, um, jobs that are a little bit better for your family. And when we talk about the connections to Louisiana, that's something that really pops up uh, from what Peyton said. And I mean, that's just how quick things can change. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the key is the, you know, it's kind of like with recruiting where it's not official until the kid signs on the dotted line, no matter what they say with contracts in college. It's like if they have the money and they're willing to pay it, you know, they, they can make that happen. And I think that at the doorstep with the bouquet of flowers is a perfect analogy. And now we just have to hope that just like me at prom, it gets slammed in Brian Kelly's face instead of him uh, taking that job and going. I'm kidding. But yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, is is there anything else? I mean, whether it's Kirby Moore, uh, you know, Peyton, yeah, or yeah, you have anything on. I, uh, I was just going to say, yeah, DJ Smith, um, he, he's co-defensive coordinator for a reason. Should uh, Blake Baker hit 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 the door, um, just head down to Baton Rouge, there's not going to be a big search for a defensive coordinator. People should know okay. that very quickly. It's going to be DJ Smith. Kenny has mentioned that before as well. They love DJ Smith. I think DJ Smith has really earned that job. Really is just an all-star staff Mizzou has assembled. There's nine good coaches and Eric Link on it. Um, so that's it. They put themselves in a good position. They'll need to reshuffle some things. Uh, I'm sure it'll affect the portal approach, but it's not the end of the world if Blake Baker leaves. It's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Is there any other, like, you know, whether it's Kirby Moore or somebody else, like any jobs you see open that that could that should maybe be on, you know, Mizzou fans radar like, oh, you know, this could maybe be attractive to uh, one of the other excellent coaches and or Eric Link. I mean, if I was an if I was a school that had an OC opening, my first call would go right to Jacob Peeler uh, and my second call would go to Curtis Looper. Uh, but for whatever reason, those two guys cannot land OC jobs. Uh, hey, man, we'll keep them. Good. We'll, keep, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep Jacob Peeler and Curtis Looper. I don't know why those yeah. guys, teams are not falling over themselves to hire those two guys, but I wouldn't expect Kirby Moore. There's not really another job I could see Kirby Moore taking right now. I know the LSU OC job is open, but Kenny, he obviously covers uh, – LSU recruiting down there. I believe he said that that's expected to go to their QB coach. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. If, if Mizzou can wind up keeping Blake Baker, their staff is probably going to remain completely intact. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Joe Sloan that I was talking about. And uh, also looking, there's also other openings on the defensive staff, um, the cornerbacks coach, safeties coach. Blake Baker would fill two of those voids as a safeties coach as well. Uh, Matt House, who was the D.C., was also the linebackers coach. That's something that LSU was looking for at, at Mizzou. The co-defensive coordinator, D.J. Smith, is that linebackers coach. So it's just a lot of like moving parts for both these teams if 
if uh, Blake Baker goes down there to Baton Rouge. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's anyone on this uh, Mizzou defensive staff that could be, you know, swayed into going down there being paid a little bit more. We've talked about the salaries not too long ago and Mizzou's defensive coordinators and just all assistants. We're, we're among uh, some of the top uh, in college football. Uh, and uh, we don't know all the details and the inside that they're doing, but uh, right now it's just Blake Baker's name. Yeah, I think this is a I think this is an example of like, you know, this is what Drink is saying. You know, you got to hold strong here. This is like if you want to elevate to the level that at least LSU thinks they're at and these other, you know, high traditionally power traditional powerhouses in the SEC think they're at and that you want to be at, you know, you you say to these guys, "Hey, stay here. We're building something. You know, you can be a great coach here. You don't have to go to LSU to to continue going upward. You can do that at Mizzou." So hopefully Blake Baker uh stays obviously but uh definitely something to keep in mind other things we had someone in the in the youtube comments ask about about this stuff and and we're definitely you know again speculation season and transfer portal season is is you know bigger than ever now with the way players can move around we talked about chris mcclellan i think we mentioned nate noel last week too uh taking that visit that visits actually i believe this weekend on january 5th um but i want to run uh, just because people have been asking, I want to run through, you know, maybe some of the other guys, whether it's, you know, confirmed Mizzou visitors or not, uh, you know, maybe just some of the guys that you you two like in the portal um, that maybe Mizzou could target. I'll first run through this, though. We have an article. Shout out Rock M Nation. We love the work they do. They have a transfer tracker um, and a couple of guys on it that I don't think we've talked about yet. Um, Derek Graham, the Troy offensive lineman, he's visiting Mizzou on January 6th. Um, you have Nick Scorton. He's visiting Mizzou on uh, January 5th. He is a Purdue defensive lineman, the top ranked top ranked edge in the portal, actually. Um, and then Nate Noel is, of course, as well is is coming to visit. So, you know, I don't know if you guys know anything about those two, but even just maybe some names that are in the portal now um, that Mizzou fans should maybe keep an eye on, or that you would love maybe in an ideal world to to wind up in Columbia, whether it's super realistic or not. Well, Quinshawn Judkins just entered the pool. Well, I'd love okay. for Mizzou to take a look at him. Uh, no, yeah. but actual like takes on this. Nick Scrouton, I'm not sure he's going to make it make his visit here because he visited A&M. He picked up a crystal ball uh, to A&M uh, from Steve Wiltfong just yesterday. And this morning, Matt Elko, of course, the new head coach there, tweeted his bat signal. So uh -oh. that may already be a done deal. Um, that would have been absolutely – sorry, Mike Elko. Um, that would have been an all-world pickup for Mizzou. I mean, he led the Big Ten in sacks. I don't know if you know this, but the Big Ten prides itself on defense. Um, so that that would have been an out-of-this-world pickup, but it doesn't look likely at this point. Um, Graham, I know he has another visit to uh, Ohio State. Uh, if just judging from what we watched at the Cotton Bowl, they could sure use some O-line help. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Hopefully they can get him on campus because, I mean, if you get Graham, you're probably looking at your O-line being set for 2024. It'd be from left to right, Caden Green, I'd assume Graham, Connor Tollison, unfortunately, with his snapping problems. Um, then you'd have Cameron Johnson slotting back in at right guard. And you'd probably have Armand Membu out at right tackle still. So that would be a nice pickup. I don't know of anything else Mizzou's targeting right now. I mean, you 
kind of have to assume that this Blake Baker situation until that's resolved may not get a ton of info about Mizzou targeting someone. They got to know who's in place at DC first. I always like the the saying that they tell recruits is that you're not committing to the coach, you're committing to the program. And I, I think that's something that a lot of these coaches have to tell these kids. It's like, you know, my job is could be up in the air tomorrow. And if someone could replace me, I could go somewhere else. And for some of these defensive guys, you know, this, these defensive line coaches, Al Davis, Kevin Peoples, they're still there. Um, and that's a, a need right there is um, the interior uh, at the defensive tackle position, also on defensive end. Uh, we talked about it two weeks ago. We brought it up last show. You know, what they kind of needed, they needed – defensive tackles they needed defensive ends they have guys coming up but they still need that depth and that's what they've been relying on the last two years that's made this defense so good uh the thing i liked you know we still haven't you know javon foster will declare for the nfl draft it'll happen eventually he's out of eligibility we're still just waiting on the official announcement as every athlete has been doing i think the pickup of um of Derek Graham would be incredible just continuing to to improve this offensive line you got guys coming up as well um, and at the same time, you just want to be able to continue to attack the future and to, I mean, take advantage of what looks like an easy schedule next season. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think they've done a, a pretty steady job so far. So maybe that's something we'll do in the post, uh, in the post Baker saga ending is, is if we get some more news down the pipeline, we'll make a, we'll make our own maybe unwritten transfer tracker to keep track of and, uh, just in terms of who Mizzou's offered. There were two more names, actually, from the Rock M article that I don't think I mentioned. Um, Cassius Howell, he's a linebacker from the Fighting Connor Basilax at Bowling Green. Um, and then Caden Woolard, who I believe is originally from Kansas City. He is a defensive lineman from Miami of Ohio. So a couple couple Mac guys maybe could come in. Um, Mizzou, I think, has, has offered both of those two guys. Um, but we will see. We'll keep we'll keep an eye. Sorry, you, you got some, Kenny? Yeah, I, I did. I wanted to actually give you guys like two names to look out for next yeah. year on that offensive line as depth pieces. I mean, I, I think Logan Reichert is ready. Um, I'm not, maybe not ready to start, but maybe really just kind of fill into another role. Uh, if he can snap, I mean, Logan Reichert's a big body and he, he's he's proven that he can be a guard and um, he's a big dude. At the same time, uh, he might not he might not fit the mold, but I, I also like Brandon Solis, uh, another guy from that same uh, 2023 class. Uh, just someone to kind of monitor it as a good depth guy, maybe someone that could pick up some snaps and injuries or late into games next season. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll keep track of everybody. I think, uh, you know, maybe a, a transfer tracker in our own notes or just whoever gets offered. Uh, we'll make sure to just note going forward, especially with no more um, football games to recap. Um, we'll segue just as the, the seasons kind of are naturally segueing uh for mizzou now we're we're kind of in the full swing of uh of men's hoops after non-conference play um because football's over that you know we'll, we'll be diving into that much more uh with men's basketball because conference play starts on saturday mizzou taking on georgia at noon that's on sec network um a game that i i think is a a good start the way i look at it for uh for mizzou in terms of what georgia offers I have some I have some numbers and some people to watch, Kenny and Peyton. Do you want me to run through that or do you want to just give a, you know, maybe catch yourselves up on on some basketball takes now that we have some more time to you know, we've had some more time to to focus on them, you know, with football being done. You you go first. You want me to run through my my names and numbers? Okay. This is just a little a little breakdown of Georgia. This is why this is why I think uh Mizzou is is this is a good matchup at least to start out conference play. 
Georgia, they're 10 and three. They're ranked 86th in Ken Palm. Actually, I forgot to check that. It might be higher or lower now because there's been games. Um, they are 121st in adjusted offensive efficiency, 57th in adjusted defensive efficiency. So kind of meh in both. Um, the stat I want to, I really want to point out that kind of is, is glaringly bad. Uh, they rank 233rd in the country in assists per game. They only average about 12. Um, it's not very good. Uh, they don't move the ball very well. Uh, they're, you know, they're just kind of a meh team, even though they are 10 and three, they haven't really played anyone. All of their losses are to uh division or not division one power five um, teams. They've only, they are on like an eight game winning streak, but again, the only power five program they've played in that time was Georgia tech. Um, three and names Florida for State. y'all. All right. Oh yeah. And Florida state. Sorry. Um, which again, you could forgiven for confusing those two at this point. It was a two, it was a two, it was a two point win also over Florida state. Um, three names for you guys to watch. I think from this Georgia team, uh, Jabari Abdul Rahim, he's their leading scorer. He averages about 13 points a game, shoots 42.6% from three on about five attempts per game. So the guy oh, can't great. shoot it. Um, another name, this one might be familiar, a little familiar to uh, Mizzou fans, RJ Melendez, uh, who they might, rem- you might remember was on Illinois last year, Yeah, scored zero points in Mizzou's <laughs> blowout win over the fighting Illini. He's averaging uh, nine points or about 10 points, five rebounds. He's a six, seven guard. I just kind of point him out because a little bit of a weird matchup, I think potentially for, for Mizzou's defenders. And then this one, I think will piss Peyton off the most. Um, he is, I think George's main guy off the bench. His name is blue Kane. Blue yeah. Kane is his name. He was a four-star freshman in the class of 2023, averages about seven points uh, and 30, shoots 36% from three off the bench. Uh, he's also just a tall, scrawny white kid with a man bun, and his name is Blue Kane. And I think that is the epitome of, of who Peyton likes to root for. Uh, he scored 18 points in Georgia's last game in a win over Alabama A&M off the bench. So that's just kind of a glimpse. I don't think fans, people know who, that much about Georgia's because again they're kind of meh. Um, but your thoughts on my just spiel of numbers and names and what Mizzou, what you're thinking about Mizzou uh, and their chances to open conference play with a W? Uh, it sounds like Georgia is a bit of a paper tiger. Um, that 10 and 3 record, I mean, like you said, not really a ton of good high majors in there. Um, they gosh, their best win is probably Wake Forest at this point in the second game of the year. Um, not not over, not an overwhelming opponent at all. I know Mike White has put together a good recruiting class for next year, but probably about a year away for now. Um, if you're Mizzou and hoping to have a, a sort of turnaround at this point, you got to have this game at home against Georgia. Um, it's non-negotiable, basically. I mean, yes, I, I am a little concerned that Florida has a couple – Florida, sorry, Mike White is now Georgia's coach. Uh, Georgia has a couple shooters on there. Not really worried about Melendez. He's not good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, on the Mizzou side, I'd like to see Tamar Bates continue to kind of be that go-to second scorer uh, to pair along with John East. When those two are cooking – it's probably the best chance Mizzou has in a lot of games because they just don't have a lot of guys that can 
get it going, it seems like. Um, but hopefully they, they get out of get out of uh like just start one and zero in conference play, man. You can't lose to Georgia. Georgia is so not good. Uh 86 in Ken Bomb. You want to even make the NIT, you need to win this game. Yeah, it's always felt like a you know an SEC bye game the last four years. Um, I know they had Anthony Edwards, number one guy in the country <laughs> at one point, but they, Mizzou still won that game. Um, you got to look, you know, this is, this game is usually Mizzou is favored. Um, this is a game where even even the, the tough years of the console era near the end, I, we still felt like the Tigers could steal this game, could take you know take it. Um, I, I'm interested to see where the starting five goes moving forward. Uh, we are starting to see more of Trent Pierce started another game last time out against Central Arkansas. And it just feels like it's been so long since we've seen the Tigers play. I know this is that kind of the year for college basketball where you don't play during finals as much. You don't play around Christmas time unless you're in a tournament and the New Year's happens. So it's like almost a week between games. Um, now we're going to start getting into the SEC play, see if this team can do the long haul of the two games a week again and really just find that consistency. Uh, Noah Carter just, I mean, hasn't been the guy. Um, that, you know, he looked like he was turning it around a little bit. The shooting percentage has just been abysmal. Um, you can look at the the, uh, the Google sheet I made. It's just, even, no matter the haircut, um, it's just been a tough stretch for Noah Carter right now. And you guys will talk to Benny soon and ask him, you know, how, how do you how do you get these guys going? How do you get these guys to turn it around? Yeah, it's, you're right, Kenny, about this kind of period of, of rooting for this team from like and watching them uh and be, it feels kind of inconsistent just as perhaps they have been uh this year and i think too i mean it's it's good to get off the blocks with a win like this considering uh you then have to go on the road against kentucky in your next uh sec game so you know that's that's no easy feat we know what this team did to kentucky at home last year this is a really good wildcats team um you know, it, it, it's it's kind of strange because the SEC is going to figure out, I think, who it is really quickly um, because Peyton used the term paper tiger. I think there's a lot of teams in this conference uh, that are like that right now uh, with really, you know, because Mizzou's sitting at eight and five and they're, you know, technically second from last in the conference with like Vanderbilt, and a couple other teams. But I think there's a lot of teams at the top that maybe aren't. uh as good as their record might indicate. I look at a South Carolina. I look at an Ole Miss. I certainly look at a Georgia. Uh, and then there's some teams like, you know, kind of down that are like nine and four, eight and five, even 10 and three Tennessee, you could say like that are not that are, I think a lot better than their record is showing. So I think you get off, you get off the block. Well, you go to Lexington, play how you did against Kansas show fight, some fight in that game. You know, it's, it's all about, I, I think it's about how you start. This team needs to win a lot of games in conference play. Now it's set itself up for, um, you know, what's going to have to be a, a, a resounding conference performance if it wants to make the tournament. So we'll see any other, uh, any other takeaways. I think you're, you're spot on with the Trent Pierce thing, Kenny. It's, it's, you know, you got to find a consistent starting lineup and I think just go with it. Right. For sure. And uh, I think we brought it up a little bit after the central, Arkansas game we, we you said Jack and I didn't get to watch it but Peyton gave us a great recap um still a lot of guys getting out there and of course it was a blowout um but getting into the SEC play it's another thing I want to see who are going to be the primary guys coming off the bench I just don't maybe they'll do it a little bit more getting six guys off it's just I don't think that's the, that's the best thing to do um and we talked about that and um, maybe we'll have Drew King back on here down the line and maybe he can give us some better understanding of where this rotation goes as the SEC play draws on. 
yeah, we'll see. Um, it's just, I just am, I'm looking at the SEC standings right now. It's just so weird. Like if it, it, this this is league is going to figure itself out, you know, and the bad and, uh, year. It's a it it is a bad year. All these teams at the top, like the the number one, number two teams in the SEC right now are Ole Miss, South Carolina. I don't like either of those teams. I think those are both matchups Mizzou can win. Very fake teams. Yeah. So it, it's just weird. It's gonna and so I think again, you know, you start out strong. You go two and one in this three game stretch to open conference play. I think you're you're in a good spot where you're then going down to Tuscaloosa to play again a team I think is a lot better than their record shows. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. So again, uh, at home are the Mizzou Tigers start SEC play uh, January sixth on Saturday, twelve p.m. SEC Network. Tigers face Georgia. We'll see. Maybe Anthony Edwards. I was gonna say he could come back, but it's not in a it's not in a Athens. But send the video. Re- Maybe bring uh yeah, maybe bring Reed Nico back. Zoo legend, one of the greatest plays ever. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes for men's hoops. We'll keep everyone updated in the transfer portal for football. Good Mizzou segment, boys. Let's uh let's segue. We'll finish the show off with quick hits. Psych, y'all thought we were gonna finish recording and not talk about Theo Weiss coming back. Truthfully, we did finish recording and then Theo Weiss decided to announce he was coming back. So being the great Mizzou coverage people that we are, we hopped back on. Kenny and I did at least. Peyton's not real enough to do it. I'm just kidding. He's working. I won't be mean. Um, but Kenny and I came back on because we have that. We, we just had some news that dropped. So we're just going to like run through it. And that is the headline, Kenny, because Theo Weiss is declaring for one more year, as he said in the video, which if anyone was fooled by that, when the football team tweets out, the video, the guy's not going to the draft. I'm just going to put, I'm just going to explain it like that. That's how it works. Um, but that's the big news. Theo Weiss is coming back, which means uh, Mizzou is reloading its entire wide receiver core from this season, which is a very exciting prospect for, uh, for the Tigers. And already, you know, the expectations are sky high with the schedule, with what they did this year. But uh, yeah, dude, nice to see Mr. Weiss returning back for one more season. I'm excited. It did feel inevitable. Um, we know football players like to troll us, especially younger football players that aren't out of college and mostly out of high school. Um, Theo t- posted to X today, the peace sign, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's gone. And as you mentioned, if the team is posting it with eyeball emojis, he's not leaving. And not I, I, I had to reply with the GIF. You, if you're seeing it on our, on our X account, I did do the GIFs. Like, they had us in the first half, not going to lie. Because it was funny. I mean, that was the perfect time to use it. Um, I bet a lot of people were kind of thinking that one, but it all kind of made sense. There was a lot of buzz around it, too, if you're following a lot of those reporters and what they had to say about Theo. And looking back after the bowl game, um, Luther said Theo's coming back uh, at the Arkansas game on the live. Theo was like, I'm coming back. Uh, he, he looked and thought over the last couple of days and uh, realized he's going to use that last year of eligibility with the Tigers. And I said it last week. I thought he was really the unsung hero of this offense. When you needed that ball, when you needed that aggressive catch downfield to pick up a lot of yards. If Luther wasn't there, if Marquise Johnson wasn't there, you luck. I mean, even before those guys, I would I think they were looking to Theo just because of how strong of a receiver he was, how physical he could be on some of those balls to get you plays downfield. Um, on, on the season, he did appear in all those 13 games, 49 receptions for 682 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, his longest reception was for 77 yards. Um, the guy was an animal this year. Uh, you look back at what he didn't really accomplish. He probably wanted to accomplish a little bit more at Oklahoma, got into the portal, got an opportunity with Tigers to be that wide receiver too. And he did just that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm super glad that he's back. I I think he just he seems also just like a really good culture guy. I mean, the the team culture in general just seemed like it was pretty great. But I think you know, I don't think he was exaggerating when he did that hype video. It seems like he really came in, bought in. Like he wasn't a guy coming up from a, a mid major or anything like that. Like. And I, I use the term mid-major in football way too much. I know it's different, but like a non-power five team, like he was coming from Oklahoma, a program that, you know, would Mizzou fans think a certain way of Oklahoma, but it's a, it's a good program. So, you know, he knows what it's like to be in a, a competitive locker room and a good locker and like really seemed like he, he understood that something special was going on and realized that I think he can continue to contribute uh, to something special that goes on here next season it also, like you said, it seems inevitable. Like it didn't seem like if he had played a full another year and not and put up the same kind of numbers, I don't think his draft stock was getting hurt necessarily by that. I don't know how high it really would have been if he chose to leave and chose to go test the waters. So I think he's only helping, you know, a lot of these guys, it's like, well, you come back, risk injury, whatever. I think for him, it's kind of a case of you're only really helping your draft stock uh, if you're choosing to come back. So um yeah super exciting news and i mean it's just like we were you you me and peyton were texting and just like you know the, i mean this receiving core is is insanely deep i know you guys like you were fans of like makai miller guys like daniel blood it feels bad like we're kind of shocked some of them are still there maybe that's just the jacob peeler effect but like these are three four-star recruits that are that are like wide receivers six and seven on the depth chart right now for sure. I mean, you look at what Theo said in that video too, just scratching the surface of this offensive potential uh, blew us out of the water of what they, I mean, what the expectations were, except, especially for Brady Cook and um, Cody Schrader. And I mean, all the wide receivers really came together. You, Mookie Cooper was there when you needed him. Uh, I mean, th those three guys, Mookie, Luther, and Theo all coming back. And then you talk about the depth, even guys coming in um, that weren't here last year, Courtney Crutchfield, James Madison, uh, those are guys that We'll probably see some early run, you know, maybe something on special teams late into those games early on, um, kind of get their feet wet, get them ready. But, man, there are so many options here, so much depth. And, you know, maybe there is someone, maybe you jump ship down the line. Uh, but, I mean, too much depth is never an issue. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah, I mean, Jacob Peeler, Peyton said it when we were talking about the coaches. I don't know how that dude hasn't gotten picked up an offensive coordinator program. I mean, thank you know, don't pick him up. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, big news for Theo Weiss. He is coming back uh, for the next season. So the Tigers will have their entire receiving core uh, back. So, you know, he was second on the team buying Luther in every category for receiving last year. So now to have that, um, you know, to be able to reciprocate Luther's production with with Theo again is going to be huge for the Tigers. Um, other news, we had Realist George uh, declare for the NFL draft. And actually, Kenny, I'll turn to this because I mentioned our friend Jacob Infante, who's been on the show before. He gave uh, he gave draft like kind of draft projections. Since, of course, we stopped recording previously, um, of pretty much everybody except for Realist George. He doesn't know where Realist George is going to be right now. Do you want me to run through the list, or do you want to give your take on on Mr. George first? Go for it, but I'll let people know that maybe are new to us and don't know Jacob Infante. He went to Mizzou. Was going to go for journalism, switch paths, but he still does a bunch of NFL draft coverage for oh, SB yeah. Nation. So if you guys don't know him, he's a big, big figure on Twitter. A little bit of a goofball, too. So if, if you know him, it's probably because of that. But a uh, big guy on Twitter if you need any draft coverage. And he'll be back soon to talk with us. He'll, he balances NSFW tweets with great draft coverage. That's the, exactly that's the best way I can describe it. But he does know what he's talking about. He's, you know, he's got uh, he's got connections and he's been doing this for a long time. So. 
Uh, he's, he doesn't know yet where Realist George is going to go. Cody Schrader, he gave a round six uh, projection. Um, Niles Gaddy, undrafted. Infante said he'd consider him a round seven possibility. Chris Abrams drain. He's saying most of the projections have him round three. He has him round two. Uh, JC Carlisle around round seven. Uh, Ennis Rakestraw, Jacob has him round three. Most people have him around two is what he said. And then Darius Robinson round three. So just like we kind of said, a lot of day two people in there. Um, and then you can just add Realist George to the list. I mean, hopefully all these guys get drafted. But it's nice to have so many names like, you know, going out there. That, and like all of them, you know, it's at least like maybe. Like, I don't think there's anyone that's entered that I'm like, you know, I guess most of them it's granted like they're out of eligibility, so they don't really have another choice. But I'm not like they're definitely, definitely not going to get drafted. Like it's at least maybe an end of round seven at worst for a lot of these guys. Yeah, that's how I felt about Niles Gaddy earlier when we were recording. I was like, hey, you know, maybe a DJ Coleman situation ran out of eligibility, going to test the waters pro. And I mean, if there's guys out that are looking at him, I mean, great for him. I just always kind of saw him as a depth piece, but maybe there's a lot more on the table for him and what he could accomplish for realist George. Another guy who ran out of eligibility. Um, I just love the story of realist George. I don't think a lot of people remember this or even know, but he was, uh, he, and he joined Miami as a fullback. Uh, I don't know if you oh knew God. that one. I didn't know yeah. that. So he was a fullback. So sometimes I think he's, sh- he's shown up on the field on offense as a extra blocker, just a big guy in the backfield to run through someone. Um, he was a part of that Rhino package that, they had last year where they would put a lot of defensive tackles and just stuff the line if it was fourth and inches, third and inches. Um, he was a part of all that stuff. Um, shown flashes as a defensive tackle. Uh, real, you know, cool guy too. I mean, a character in his own right. Um, I think Jack, he, you asked, you were trying to help him start a podcast. Former once. future podcast host, Realist George. Realist, yeah. yeah, not too long ago. Uh, Realist George was looking to do a podcast and everyone else was. Uh, I mean, he's been all over the place and we've seen – really good flashes from realist George. Sometimes we just haven't seen him at all, but um, you know, props to him to see if he can uh, make it at the next level. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it's nice at the very worst. It gives us uh content because we can just speculate where all these guys are going to go in the draft. So I'm not complaining. Um, maybe, maybe we can like, we should be like the sickos and be able to get uh, credentials. Like the sickos get credentials, just go on the field and then tweet about the mascots. Like we need to do that for the NFL draft and just tweet about, I don't why isn't realist George or like go to the combine and be like, why isn't realist George here? And just yeah. spew spew Mizzou propaganda. Like take mental photos of every single GM. We get on the ground, boots on the ground. And mm-hmm. is it in Indianapolis still? I thought they were going to move it, I but think, we're going to say Indianapolis. I looked that up real yeah. quick, but I think I'll it's in that. Indianapolis still. I thought there was some talks about moving it boots on the ground. We are talking to GMs. Why isn't realist George here? Why didn't you ask him to be at the draft combine? Are you guys doing your own combine? The realist George combine. Maybe we can learn a little bit more down the line about where Realist George go. I mean, that would be a fun jersey if he can stick around in the NFL, stick on a roster for a little bit. We get a, I mean, you pro day too. They'll be, they'll do the. Oh, I meant to say that earlier when we were recording. This will be probably one of the most memorable pro days in the last ten years for Mizzou. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, Until well, the it could be interesting too in twenty twenty five, I guess, for Luther, depending on how high you know, his ceiling could get, it is in Indianapolis for 2024. Okay. So cool. Same old, same old. I, they shouldn't move it. They shouldn't move it. That's a good tradition. Indianapolis is great. That's great for the combine. It's a perfect combine stadium. Um, last thing. Uh, 
Harrison Mevis. He is going to the East West Shrine Bowl. So one of those kind of like the Reese's Senior Bowl type just showcase games. He accepted his invitation uh, in the last couple of hours after we stopped recording. Um, I we talk we talk we talk about it in quick hits. Um, but like Peyton asked us who our favorite Mizzou athletes were in our time there. And I, I Mevis might be mine. I, I'm going to be really sad when. Uh, you know, the first Mizzou game next year and me, this isn't the kicker. I am getting on Blake Craig, Craig, the leg start the nickname now. Uh, so I will embrace, I will embrace the next kicker up. But me, this, I mean, those are big shoes to fill for Blake Craig next year. He was awesome. I think, you know, had, you know, obviously had some up and down stretches this year. And I think with a kicker as usual, it always is like, that's what people always remember. He had a great season still. And Without one particular kick from him, Mizzou doesn't have the year that they do. So good for him for accepting that. Yeah, I wanted to throw out one thing about Blake Craig. Uh, when they were having those those fun little activities going on at the Cotton Bowl, um, they were playing kickball. I don't know if you saw the video on the social media pages for Mizzou. And you heard Drinkwitz go, okay, Blake Craig's turn. They they pan away. I was so mad because I felt like he would have kicked a bomb. Yeah, they should have they just kind of panned to something else. And I was like, that's good like, maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't kick a bomb, and that's why they, they switched yeah, it just about, in case. Uh-oh. I want to make him look bad. But I'm sure he has the leg to just boot the leg. Kick the exactly. Leg. Um, here's the date for the East West Shrine Bowl. It's Thursday, February 1st. Um, we also mentioned a little bit you know, a couple sh- shows ago that uh, Harrison Mevis was also invited to the Hula, uh, Hula Bowl, uh, which is on January 13th, and that's going to be in Orlando at UCF's field. Where's the East West Shrine Bowl again? East West Shrine Bowl um, is in at the Ford Center, which is the star uh, mm. in Frisco, Texas. And that's where the Cowboys practice. Frisco versus Orlando? I don't know. I guess you're kind of getting them. I think you can do both. You probably, probably can. So he still has an invitation pending. So maybe he'll do that too. I don't know. Yeah, it's him with the draft. It's going to be interesting because of the kickoffs. He wasn't great at those. Um, mm-hmm. And you, especially when you're more of like a power kicker, you need to be good at the kickoffs to get kicked out of the end zone. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it's for those kickoff statistics. If anyone was wondering, the average um, kickoff is coming from the your own 35 yard line was 62. Um, 0.7 yards this past season. He only had uh, one kickoff last year, and that's because of Sean Ketting, uh, mm-hmm. the former Mizzou punter, was handling those duties. So this was his first year officially doing it. He only had one in his first three years, and it was in 2022. Um, took 79 attempts in 13 games this year. Yeah, I, and so that doesn't help when you haven't been kicking kickoffs your old college career. But I'm not – hey, I, I wish the best for Harrison Mavis. Hopefully he can, you know, uh, break Justin Tucker's record. What is it like 67 or something? Is it really that high? Yeah, I think uh, it was. It was against the Lions. Yeah, um, he still has one more year of eligibility. Um, he isn't on that list that Wendell Shepard, our friend from the Columbia, Missouri, is putting out there that officially oh. has entered for the draft. You can get those invites. Oh, yeah, he, you mentioned it. I Darius don't Robinson. Yeah, Darius Robinson was getting those invites. I mean, Javon Foster got, I mean, some buzz last year, didn't officially enter. And we're still waiting on Javon to say officially he's entered. John Foster, that is for the NFL draft or declares for the NFL draft. Uh, he is out of eligibility, so it'll it'll come soon. Yeah, Mavis hasn't yet, but he can't. I, he's out, so I don't think he can come. He can't come back. He has a one more year of eligibility. Does he, he have one more 20, year? Twenty twenty four. So you forget he is a, a year younger than we were at the University of Missouri. Oh my God! Wait, yeah, I had that backwards. Because oh, you're right. Because we had Tucker McCann as last year, didn't we? As for the uh, for the kicker. Okay, so yeah. maybe maybe we delay Craig the leg by a year. Who knows? 
gets better at kickoffs. We'll see. Um, so yeah, I guess stand by on Mevis, but he is going to some of these like showcase events. So we'll see. Uh, with that, did we miss anything, Kenny? Anything else break while we're talking? Something probably will in about five minutes once we click off. Yeah, once we're done for the night. No, I haven't seen anything else. All right, all right. Well, with that, if we missed anything, it's getting saved till Friday, and we're sorry and blame people for doing news after uh, typical business hours. Uh, I'll I'll mention one thing. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've been saying he hasn't officially entered. If he's accepting these, then I think you are officially declaring the draft. Yeah, is it for Because you can't. Here? I think you're foregoing. So, um, I mean, he's accepting them. He just hasn't made a graphic. I don't know if he will make a graphic. That's what uh, Connor Vanover got in trouble with that for basketball because Connor Vanover yeah. did like a showcase thing and then came back to school. So he had to, that's why he missed the three games. I don't know if that's how it works for football, but yeah, yeah I, the, I, think he's, I think he's gone. I think yeah, he's it looks gone. like he's gone. He just needs to post this thing. SEC Network did post something saying thicker kicker put a chain around him today and said Harrison Meavis, Mizzou football legend. Ah, uh, that felt like a tribute post. Yeah, it, it feels like a. Tri- it feels like a. You're right, can someone post. can someone just make an official post so we can just <laughs> officially say <laughs> this? We're not trying to confuse post. anyone. Let's DM. Yeah, him. we'll make it. D- DM yeah. him and say, "Hey, when you're declaring for the draft, let us make your post." Um, it's really all cool. right. Yeah, I'll do it in Canva. All right. Uh, yeah. If there's any other news, we will discuss on a Friday. So we're sorry if it breaks before. Um, I don't know what it would be, but uh, yeah. With that, now we will get you over to quick hits. Okay, quick hits time, Kenny. What is your jersey of the week? Yeah, so we didn't have an episode uh, when this news broke, and then we didn't do a net uh, this last week because I wanted to make it my jersey of the week. Gabari Johnson, the former Mizzou quarterback in that 2023 class, entered the transfer portal, heading closer to home. Uh, the Washington native is going to play for Oregon State and the Beavers. Um, I mean, congrats to him. Going to yeah. play a little bit closer to home. Missouri was a, Missouri is far away. Probably not the best opportunity here with Brady Cook coming back and then Sam Horn in front of him. Another guy's, you know, biting at his heels. So uh, good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, c- congrats to Gabari. The thing that distracts me most about this post, by the way, is that uh, Oregon State's offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach, uh, his Twitter name is Ryan Gunderson, parentheses, a.k.a. Gundy, and his handle is just at its Gundy which I think that handle should be um, forfeited and given to Mike Gundy, the true Gundy. But then, Mike Gundy yeah. hates Twitter. So fair, um, fair enough. my jersey of the week, uh, true son, gunslinger, Blaine Gabbert is starting Blaine this trained. weekend for the Chiefs with the Chiefs seed locked in. Um, Blaine Gabbert will be getting the start against the Chargers. Uh Love Blaine. Kenny's got his jersey. Blaine, it's super cool. Like looking back at some of the photos of him, uh, he saved somebody's life. Kenny's running to go get the jersey. Oh right yeah, he now. did. Um, that, that he guy. saved somebody's life. Uh, that said, I don't have high hopes for this start. I mean, he is going against. There's, yeah, the, there's blank. the blank. Go to the YouTube. It's Subscribe pretty. to the YouTube. I forgot to those, say that. Those jerseys are real pretty. I like Mizzou's jerseys now, but those are gorgeous. Um, I, I don't think it's gonna go well. Yeah, well, we'll see. Easton Stick? He can't get outplayed by Easton Stick. Is it Easton Stick? Is it somebody else? It's Easton Stick. It is Easton Stick. Yeah. He can't get outplayed by Easton Stick. Um, My jersey of the week, staying in the Mizzou realm, we're going to the NBA. My jersey of the week is Kobe Brown. He is 24 years old. Uh, His birthday is actually on New Year's Day. I didn't even realize that. Bad Kobe Brown fan. Uh, but yeah, happy birthday to Kobe. He got the, uh, my fit. One of my favorite things is just when the NBA 
tweets like join us in wishing and then tags whatever player a whatever birthday and it's like the random role players that pop up and they just get a million likes because people just like to do that for a meme so he got that just a nice like png of him at the clippers media day um but yeah happy birthday to kobe brown i have an update on his stats by the way he's now played 22 games for the clippers averaging 2.5 points 1.6 rebounds and uh on december 29th in his i don't think it's the most recent game but his like second most recent game he had seven points and four rebounds in uh 15 minutes so getting some run getting some run his career high is seven points he's gotten that like five times he's yet to he's got to get in the double digit mark but now that he's maybe older yeah, happy birthday. Keep going is on. He ever, is he all of our favorite Mizzou player? Like, all of our favorite Mizzou athletes from our time when we were there? From no. 2019 uh, to 2023, for, for reference. He's like my one that made it to the pros? Or no, just, just one in general. He's general. my favorite, personally. Um, Evan Yerkes is pretty chill. It's either him or him. <laughs> Who'd you say? Evan Yerkes. Evan Yerkes. He said Evan Yerkes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Evan Yerkes. Can you I, tell me prob- what Evan Yerkes is doing right now? He's probably working at a financial firm. We probably <laughs> get him on the show. It's fine. Probably good. <laughs> uh, mine's either him or Mevis. Probably Peyton. Who's your probably actual Mavis. answer? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I'll, I'll bring Ronnie. it back on the next next episode. Oh yeah, okay. Well, Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah, he is um, on the show. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, I want to talk about just former or former Mizzou guys, true sons mm-hmm. in the NBA. You know what? I I don't like you, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, the, uh, the jazz, the jazz broke my beat. They did not let me (laughs) hit my beat and he was a part of it. He scored 20 points against the Mavericks. The Mavericks were minus four. Uh, they, they lost by 37 points. So thank you there, Jordan Clarkson. Also 41 points, uh, but shout out Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Jordan Clarkson dropped 36 points on Wednesday night against the Pistons. 11 for 20, six rebounds, three assists. What was it? The broadcaster? It was Jazz Pistons, and the intro to it was "The stars are out tonight." Let's calm down. Jordan, Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson's the only star. You're right. Uh, all right, fantastic four picks, Kenny. Where's everyone stand? What are, what are the records? Jack, I got to give it to you. Um, you are making a comeback right now. We're gonna do these into uh, the NFL playoffs just because of how close the race is at the moment. But Peyton, you are still in first place at 38, 26, and four. We're two games behind you at 36, 28, and four. And Jack, you are 34, 30, and four. Of 500. Um, the more I think about it, we probably don't even need the ties on there because no matter what, all the ties are going to be the same. Uh, but two games separating me from Jack and Peyton. So good job there, guys. Um, uh, l- let's have a good run into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, first game on the docket. Uh, this one's a, a playoff game. Uh, whoever wins this one's making the playoffs. Uh, Texans are favored by minus one and a half on the road against the Colts. Clean sweep for the Texans. Yeah, I like I, I feel like every time we've had the Colts, I've just been like, I'm not picking the Colts. They might win, but I've just I feel like I've never picked them all year. So I'm not going to change now. Kenny, I love your Texans have been one of the best stories in the league this year. So I hope to make the playoffs. I'll give the, the Colts props. They've been a lot better than I expected. Shane Steichen has done a good job there, especially with the backup QB. Um, I picked against the Colts a lot. It often doesn't work, but I don't know, man. I just please put CJ Stroud in the postseason and not Gardner Minshew. Min, min, Minshew. The year of the backup, though. Um, yeah, it's true. Could be, could be his Brown. time. 
Uh, second game on the docket, I did this one just for Peyton. Uh, Bears final game of the season. Bears at Packers. Packers are favored by three points. I have no reason why. You know, I think is... the, we can all agree the Bears are playing better football. We can say that. Yeah. We've seen yeah, that. Yeah, Peyton, do you want the Bears to win this game? Yeah, very bad. I don't give a damn yeah. about the draft pick. Like, there's no point. They get as high as eight at this point. If they lose, they can get 13 at worst. It's not that bad. I'd love to knock the Packers out of the playoffs. I, this is your guys' worst gimmick, though, is picking the Bears in the Bears-Packers game. It's it, it They haven't beaten the Packers since 2018. They're not going to do it here. Packers. I, I, do, I do have more than a reason to pick the Bears here. Other than the gimmick, it's because and we'll get to the next game on the docket, but I need the Packers to lose for my team to make the playoffs. So I would like to ride with the Bears for that. All right. okay. I'll take the third game seven. of the docket. Jack Seahawks favored by three points on the road against the Cardinals. We have a clean sweep here for the Seahawks. Cardinals playing better football, especially against bird teams. I yeah. I don't like this at all. Uh, hopefully the Cardinals have a nice little come down game. I got my uh, Christmas gift on. It's Mr. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the stepbrothers sweater. I, I don't know. I just like I've I've gone through the ups and downs of this season. I just would like to be rewarded with a playoff appearance, even though the Seahawks will lose in the first round. But we'll see what happens. Go Hawks. Jonathan Gannon, coach of the year? No. Uh, <laughs> give me the Seahawks. It's very easy. All right. Last game on the docket. This one could be fun. Uh, there's a lot of things that could go on go wrong or go right for the bills before this game. The bills could know that they're either, they either win this game. They're in the playoffs or lose it and they're out or they're well, fighting for the six seed or the three seed. It's the, it's the, the, I think it's, if certain things go, it's they're either the two seed or out of the playoffs, out of, out of the playoffs. Exactly. Um, so right now the dolphins are locked into a playoff spot. The bills are favored by three points on the road in Miami. Jack, you're taking the dolphins. Peyton and I are taking the bills. I'm going to let Peyton go first. I just the Bills are playing real good football, man. Josh Allen has been weird during this win streak they're they're on, but talent-wise, I mean, this is a Super Bowl team. Even with Vaughn Miller absolutely no showing the entire year, I think this is maybe the best team outside of the Ravens and the AFC. I just I can't fathom the fact that they could be walk out of Sunday out of the playoffs. I just can't accept that. So I'm gonna go with the Bills. Um, I I'm doing this for parody. Kenny mentioned the records. I have to try and claw my way back in somehow. Kenny and I have the same picks for the other three games. Um, for some reason I decided to let this be my swing game. I've kind of rocked with the Finns all year. I lost a lot of faith after what the Ravens did to them. I really don't think they're a Super Bowl team anymore. I agree with everything Peyton said. That said, as a loyal member of two and on, give me the Finns to knock the bills out of the playoffs. Why not? Uh, I like, I still like the dolphins, but I mean, obviously if the bills go to the playoffs, I'll still root, uh, for them Two home games in Buffalo for the playoffs would be awesome if they could get that two seed. Uh, yeah. Like Kenny said, this is just a fun game. I'm just excited to, to watch, see what happens. You got to take Kenny. Nothing. I got nothing. I was muted. I was ready for you to play Shawnee's main bird. Oh, oh I thought part. you you're just you're just backing Peyton with the Bills. All right. All right. Yeah, exactly. Peyton spoke for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Sorry. I'll let Mr. East introduce him. Well, I like no cap, and he's the main bird. Thank you, Mr. East. Shawnee's main bird of the week, Kenny. All right. Th this one could have been under my jersey of the week, but I I wanted to get Gabar Johnson in there. Uh former Mizzou defenseman Marcus Golden. Uh, heading into a, a game recently, wearing a Brad Smith jersey, Mizzou jersey, black with the gold letters. Uh, the one, they, you know, Marcus Golden. Um, 
I mean, the guy just loves Mizzou. Mizzou made in the bio like he was part of the journalism school. Or, um, I mean, that's something you see a lot of, you know, the J school kids do. But uh, Mark Golden's been around the league for a while. Uh, we know we've Brad Smith has been back um, in, I guess, around Mizzou recently, too. Uh, my favorite part about this is I thought it was a Daniel Blood jersey when I first saw it. I didn't read the caption. And so then I read it and I was like, okay, Brad Smith, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, what, what connection does he have to Daniel Blood? But a shout out Marcus Golden for repping his uh, former Mizzou guy. You are a sicko for thinking that with that Daniel Blood jersey. <laughs> I can tell you who's 16 on defense, too, without looking it up. Who is Who it? Brayshawn Little John. So an- oh, another freshman. Which I want him. He needs to get run because, like, he'll be on the all-name team. And if he can be like a, I don't know, like Alabama had like Kool-Aid McKinstry, we should get Little John. Okay. Peyton. What? What? Drew Locke, that's what. Um, Drew Locke is my main bird of the week. Of course, the Seahawks' backup quarterback. Uh, Mizzou, I don't know if you guys heard. They won the Cotton Bowl last week against Ohio State. Oh, I certainly did? haven't tweeted about it. Um, after they won, uh, Drew Locke, of course, Mizzou made, got Mizzou uh, apparel and put it in his Ohio State teammates, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Draymond Jones, he put the Mizzou stuff in their locker. There's a little gag, fun little troll. Drew Locke, uh, he is also his like second tweet since July. He tweeted about Mizzou winning that game. So good to see he's still paying attention, uh, still showing some love to his school. He's a great ambassador for the university. Yeah, that'll be the uh, biggest win any member of the Seahawks has uh, in the last two weeks. So um, glad he gets to enjoy that. Um, my main bird of the week. Caitlin Clark, the Iowa Hawkeye, uh, she did it again, um, balled out, scored 40 points. She loves scoring 40 points. She scored 40 against South Carolina in the final four, hit an NBA range step back buzzer beater uh, to beat Michigan State the other night. Uh, just electric to watch. She's so much fun. I-, I love all the tweets of it's just like Pistons fans tweeting like Detroit should just tank and draft her um, and-, and-, and get her on the team. Uh, there was some controversy because, like, the shot got got off and the score bug said it was at zeros. But then there was a, a perfect image of her, like, firing it off with exactly point one left. Love a good college basketball buzzer beater. She's phenomenal to watch. Uh, I don't know. Just a special, special player. So I had to had to shout her out. I think that was just last night that game was. But, uh, yeah, Hawkeyes. I think she can come back, actually, too. She wow. can come back for another season if she wants. Uh, Would she not be, which, like, the first pick? In the, in the well, she would, right but now. like, I mean, the the Probably Iowa more NIL money. money. Yeah, I mean, Iowa. Oh, I guess the Iowa true. NIL money might might call her back, so she might just torment every other women's basketball team for another year if she chooses to come back. But yeah, uh, shout out to Caitlin Clark uh, for dropping forty. The buzzer beater. Best things you learned this week, Peyton. What'd you learn? All right, I got two. I'll hit the the second Ooh. one quickly. Uh, Tyreek Hill. I don't I don't know if everybody saw this. His house burned down. Okay. Why is this the best thing you fun. learned? Because listen to how it started. Bill's the way this, crazy, the ways this fire started, was by a child playing with a lighter in one of the bedrooms. Why is a child playing oh, with a lighter, dude? That is insane. It's not really the best thing I learned. It's just the most <laughs> insane thing I learned. Um. Everyone, yeah, everyone so was fine, right? I don't, nobody yeah, nobody got hurt. Got hurt. Nobody yeah. was hurt either, so there is that. Um, also, Didn't people uh... were tweeting about Tyreek Hill making his eighth straight Pro Bowl like he cared. 
Didn't um, uh, didn't Beyonce's house like her like childhood house burn down? I thought I said something about that a couple weeks ago. I didn't see anything but about that. I don't know, maybe I'm tripping. But yeah, but what Tyree Hill's house was burned down by a, a kid with a lighter. That is insane. Um, the other thing I had, always keep the receipts, ladies and gents. Uh, this one is near and dear to Kenny and I's hearts. Uh, Parker White, a former kicker for South Carolina. Kenny and I like to discuss him every now and again because a couple of years ago, in spite of the fact that um, South Carolina has not beaten Mizzou since 2018, Parker White missed a kick in his last ever Mayor's Cup showdown. Um, he decided after South Carolina beat 6-6 six and six UNC in a Mayo Bowl, gimmick bowl, whatever, um, he talked some smack to Mizzou. He quote tweeted the Mayor's Cup trophy tweet and said, where are you going to put the bowl game trophy tweet? Uh, he tweeted that in 2021. So I kept the receipts oh yeah he said where are you going to put the trophy the bowl game trophy always keep the receipts ladies and gents well i quote tweeted him today with i hope they put the new year six right next to the mayor's cup always keep the receipts ladies and gents parker white i hate you <laughs> don't talk smack when you go to south carolina dude well done peyton don't well talk done. smack when you're not good either uh, i'm sorry but yeah. I, I this video of him saying, staying ready kicking like 50 yard field goals. Oh, man, man, I don't talk last... smack if you're a kicker. Period. A kicker that missed a kick in unless the you're Justin Tucker. You haven't won in five years. Unless you're Justin Tucker or Harrison Mevis doing the chop. Don't talk smack if you're a kicker. Whatever, Parker White. Keep that leg warm. It'll Way come to, in handy to... at your financial advisor job. Way to own yeah. it, Peyton. What'd you learn, Kenny? Uh oh, what I learned this best thing I learned this week is I'm gonna help out a dear friend of ours. Uh, we've had all of the Power Mizzou guys on here. Jack and myself are rivals guys now. I'm um, going to the All-American Bowl practice on Friday and the game on Saturday. And, you know, I thought, out, thought to reach out to a good friend of ours, uh, Gabe DeArmond. So helping him out with some talking to some Mizzou recruits. I'll let you guys know what I hear from those guys. And uh, maybe I can play some of that audio for you guys as well, just so you can hear it. But also just talking about the All-American Bowl games, the Under Armour All-America game um, happened on Wednesday. And William Soneri was a big standout according to a lot of outlets, um, yeah. even with only two tackles at one solo tackle, um, the tackle for loss. I mean, he still had a pass breakup, looked good there, not the most stats, but everyone was very impressed after what they considered not the best week for him in practice. Wow. That's surprising. He didn't have a very good week in practice considering all the tape I watched. Like I had the Zion math class moment with him. I'm like, like, how do you walk out of class as like a, sophomore offensive lineman you're like oh yeah you have to play against that uh by the way at seven o'clock i want to i want to throw out that team fires qbs were have a terrible day um one of the pick sixes they threw yes they threw multiple in this game um it was because i mean Juanary just got crazy pressure and forced an errant throw um he had another sequence that i saw he just absolutely, I mean, he's got, he's an insane athlete. I mean, he's got crazy long arms and he has some good bend clearly because as this left tackle went to try and block him, he literally just, I mean, I can't even describe, it was like the perfect like dive around this guy should have had the sack. He just didn't finish. I mean, that's something he'll, as he gets a little more refined, a little more coached up, he'll, it, that's a sack he'll finish. Um, but it did lead to a sack anyways. Um, yeah, Caden Green posted on his Instagram story, game film is better than one-on-one -on -one film. 
Wanderi was great yesterday. This guy's going to be a stud. Yeah. Yeah, he's very good. I saw Courtney Crutchfield make a couple of good catches uh, in wherever, in he, whichever one he's at, um, too. So, yeah, don't say we don't have firsthand sources boost on the ground for rec- recruiting because now we do. Thank you, Kenny. Um, brag, you, Kenny. There you go. Yeah, well done. Uh, he's gone big time on us. He's getting he's getting his photos posted by Drink with no credit. Now he's now he's interviewing recruits. Look at you, Kenny. Um, my best thing I learned this week, uh, ESPN hosted their top 100 players of the 2023 college football season. Mizzou, four representatives on the list. Our run through. We did tweet these. Javon Foster was 76th. Chris Abrams drained 48. Cody Schrader, 16. And Luther Burden, 15. So uh, all, I think, fairly deserving members. Uh, you can go to our Twitter. I, I screen grabbed all of the little blurbs the ESPN analysts said about uh, them. Uh, they did say Chris, I think they did say under Chris Abrams drain uh, or no, they said Javon Foster, Mel Kuyper. Uh, they talked about him for, uh, for his like draft stock. He's like the 13th offensive tackle on his big board or something, but he, shout out to those. On his big board. Oh, top 10. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Not giving him enough credit, but yeah. Uh, shout out to those four. Were, were you, were you guys surprised Brady cook? Not on there or not? Not, at, not really. Not, not really. No. All right. He just, he just had such a good year. Um, he did have a good year. I'm disappointed, but we'll get Brett Norfleet on there by his senior season, no doubt, and Hollywood, <laughs> the two of them. Um, okay. Good show, everyone. Guys, Peyton. this comes from the Today Show, um, our favorite TV series. Uh, what did the trees say when spring finally arrived? Uh, I don't know. What did the tree say? What a relief. Get it like re- you yeah, yeah. leaves leaves oh, make like a tree like and leaves relief relief no, like relief, relief. oh yeah. like like leaves don't ever meet me again <laughs> I don't think you're quite getting the joke though oh all right all right we'll end the show everyone everyone just calm down we didn't let the tempers flare too badly in this show Kenny was showing even good sportsmanship on the best beats which I think we're gonna lose once the playoff starts. Uh, or once playoffs start, but um, yeah, good show. Good show, boys. We'll come back on Monday. Uh, we're going to talk to Benny on Friday, so we'll have that Monday show. Um, we'll get maybe his outlook on SEC play, uh, and then we'll have a recap of the Georgia game for men's basketball. Any more football news that comes down uh, off the pipeline, we'll keep track of some of those transfers uh, or potential transfers people Mizzou has, uh, has an eye on uh, as well. So until then, everyone have a fun and safe weekend. Um, hopefully you're all, everyone's cured off the uh, bowl game hangover by now. It has been a week. So, uh, yeah, great season for Mizzou football. We'll have all the off season news. Hopefully Blake Baker doesn't leave with that. This has been the unwritten rule presented by bet online. We'll see you guys on Monday.